0: And on the court.
1: Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, I'm Money's gotta be the shoes.
0: And here's your host, Jamel Cutler.
1: What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have one of Brooklyn's most iconic actors. You've seen them all over the small and big screens. My big brother, Kadeem Hardison. What's up, my guy? How you doing?
0: Peace. What's happening, bro? How you doing?
1: Right. It's it's a pleasure to have you on, man. We're in a new year, new goals. So I'm just really excited. That's, that's, that's what it's all about, yo.
0: Reaching and attaining. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey man, so like you grew up in Brooklyn, like before it got gentrified. Like you talked yes, about, sir. like what the style was like before, you know, the Starbucks and and um, all the white people came in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it was uh, you know, it was a little dangerous uh for me anyway. I was in Bed Stuy, on Hancock and Reed. I mean, I think it's, it's Malcolm X now. Uh, they changed uh, Reed Avenue to Malcolm X Boulevard. Um. Okay. And yeah, you know, in the the top of a brownstone, I looked out and I saw you know all kind of stuff, you know, buildings burning, friends jumping out of windows, people getting stabbed. No Starbucks, uh, definitely no white people. I don't even think the bus driver was white. Like <laughs> that drove the bus through the neighborhood was white. Like, yeah, Brooklyn's changed a whole lot since since I was little.
1: And you know what's crazy? Like now I feel safer, like kind of back then, like I'm 35, so like like back in the 90s, like I mm-hmm. kind of felt safer then than I do now. Mm-hmm. If, if, if that makes sense to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sure does. You never know what's going on. Um, yeah, the 90s, I was here. I was in California by then. Uh, so I don't even know what the 90s Brooklyn really looked like. Uh, my Brooklyn was more 70s. If you can imagine. <laughs> All
1: right, so like you talk about like how they're growing up in, in that um tough environment helped molded you as an uh, as an actor. Yeah,
0: it, you know it it allows you to use your imagination. Sometimes you got to do something else to get away from everything that's right in front of you. So instead of uh being consumed by it, you you start imagining other stuff. You start dreaming and uh, and. If you dream big enough, hopefully it'll carry you somewhere else. It'll it'll lead you to something. It'll put you on another path, and keep you away
1: from that monster, that beast that could swallow you up. And before I ask this next question, I just want to say rest in peace to Sydney Portier. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like, like, who are some actors that you try to pattern your style after? Like when you was like on the come up.
0: Uh, number one was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy kind of invented the door that me and Martin and Will and all the guys could come through. Like it went from one minute nothing to the next minute. We want fast talking, funny young black guys. That was the meta. That was what they were looking for. And that allowed a lot of, you know, fast talking funny young black guys to get on so eddie was the 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 pinnacle he was the he was the the king um and he created a space for me to eat and live and play and and get paid and you know work Um, where before that there wasn't a whole lot there wasn't a whole lot it was you know before that years before like a you know a, a generation before jimmy walker was kind of the meta um but jimmy was an anomaly you know he was real thin and gangly and had his own style that you couldn't really you know adapt you know that was just straight biting if you went around saying dino my <laughs> um but eddie had, you know eddie just created a space where they was like we can't get him we want something like that and so
1: then that allowed a
0: whole bunch of people to flourish
1: you know i was watching roar the other day and like before the special came on they had like a an advisor and it said um i said i'm paraphrasing it said um that this special was made at a certain time where certain jokes were acceptable i mean like and that whole thing just kind of just killed the whole vibe Right now. Yeah, right.
0: That. Yeah, right. They, they kind of got to do that. Now, if you're the um distributor, you know, you, you can't, you have to be careful what you put on because whatever is said in the thing that you're displaying, gets attached to you. Mm-hmm. So you got to be like, Oh, I ain't say this, he said this, and he said it at a time, but it was okay to say this. I did not make this up yesterday. I am not trying to say these are my views. Yeah, everybody then got so scared of uh speaking now that um that yeah, any distributor has to put out a disclaimer, hey, this was okay when it was done. It wasn't done yesterday. We know we could get in, you know, people would be offended and da, da, da. This was a time where offenses weren't so high or yeah, being outraged wasn't the thing.
1: Do you think like the cancel culture of today kind of like stifles like creativity? a little bit it, it doesn't it doesn't help uh
0: like i always felt like and i'm not a comedian but i always felt like comedy should be a safe place that should be a place you know I, I learned from the wayans brothers those are like my adopted family and they didn't care what you said as long as it was funny you could get away with anything as long as it was funny and uh which you know you see what it produced marlon and damon and keenan and Sean and a Damon Jr. and all of them, they, they come from that. As long as it's funny, say anything, give anything a try at least. And I think now, you know, uh, comedians especially, cause they were, I, I felt like comedians should be the ones allowed that freedom to get up on a stage in a smoky room and say anything. You could bomb, people boo you, throw tomatoes, whatever, but at least you should get a chance to try without being tried, without being judged, and sentenced. Um, in the street, you just get punched in the face. You know, what I mean, you say the wrong shit to somebody, and then they coming at your head. So okay, say it if you want to call out a gay dude on the street, he might just wear you out. But in the comedy club, I always felt like that should be a safe place. So yeah, I, I do think that most of them or or some of them, some comedians, are finding it harder to, um, you know, fully realize the joke, like to 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 start it, uh, craft it, mold it, get it into a right place, and then deliver it. As soon as you start it, they go, "Ah, ah, 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 ah!" You can't say that, and then you off when before you even got into the this is the beginning of it, and this might be bad but you give me a couple of shots and I'll work it into something that's really funny because it's true and blah, 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 and da, da, da. So yeah,
1: long long answer is yes. I mean, short answer is yes. All right, so like kind of going back to some of your older films, like do you think a film like School Days would um, hit the same way that it did back then today? Going with the same um, hypersensitivity that we have? Yeah, I do. yeah, I think school days was one of
0: those ones where we talked about a, a enough stuff, you know, different things that you wouldn't be able to just keep canceling and canceling and canceling. You'd have to, you know, there's a lot of cancel checks going on there. So I, I think, you know, one of the things I I really um, kind of, you know, loved about school days was the the black on black crime, like the light skin versus dark skin thing that's, you know, was real, and and Spike addressed it and did it in a way that, you know, he put it in a school setting where, you know, you could miss it, but the overall message was wake up, you know, we're all the same, we don't need to be, you know, judging this one because he's lighter or this one because he's too dark or any of that, so yeah, I, I think that would, um, you know, it could be a hit today for
1: one you know what was it like working with spike back then in in that all-star cast of you know <laughs> of legends that was like so early in their careers
0: yeah uh working with spike back then was a breeze like i would get a phone call from him and i pick up the phone and he'd say kadeem spike school days edge you down <laughs> and that was my audition that was everything i'd say yeah all right next summer." And that was it. That was pretty much my, the meeting, the audition. The da da da. I didn't see a script. It was just like, yeah, I'm down. Whatever you want to do, let's go. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, he treated us good. He, you know, we were the heroes in that in that uh, uh we, or the conscious heroes in that piece. So yeah, we got we got love. We were the good guys. <laughs> so we got we got yeah. He, he hooked us up.
1: You know, that chicken, Um, that scene inside the chicken joint is probably like the most important scene, like in the whole movie, yeah. like 30 yeah. years later. Do you think yeah. that today's generation could um take a lesson from that scene in particular? I would, I would hope so. You know, I would, I would really hope that, that
0: anybody that sees that scene could relate. You know what I mean? Like you know people like that. We all got our country uncles or our country cousins, and sometimes they clash with your city cousins and your city uncles, and and there's no, there's not a real reason for it. You know, you mad at yourself. You ain't really mad at me. You you stuck on 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 what's holding you back, and it's not me. We can get down and work together. But uh, but yeah, I, I always thought that was a, a a a really good scene. That was Sam
1: Jackson. <laughs> or he went from um, sticking up the wind, not the Wendy's, the McDonald's and um, McDonald's to America, yeah, Yep. <laughs> to cause him trouble at at and the KFC. Church's, <laughs> Church's, 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 Church's chicken. Church's chicken. <laughs> I think it was Church's chicken. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. He was a bad boy.
1: <laughs> you know that film caught my eye because Chris Paul he he wore um, some merch from that movie like a couple of years ago, a couple of seasons uh-huh, ago. Uh-huh. Actually, um, like do you think, all right, like do you think Chris Paul, his um renewed interest in the HBCUs will like go a long way for more black kids to choose those colleges over um over P um over predominantly white colleges? I hope
0: so. I know he's been working hard at it because that's where's you know that's where he comes from. that's his heart. Mm-hmm. so uh so I would hope so. i would I would hope that that he could kind of get a little swell going and get the kids interested in it because uh even when it's not so great, kids look up to basketball players, rappers, actors, instead of teachers and engineers and parents and you know the, the people that are right there. So uh, so it's always good when when someone who's getting celebrated and has a the has the grip on the kids or has a, a pulse of the kids is saying something that that could benefit them instead of just you know, look at me, I'm nice. I got handles. Look at my car.
1: I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. it's about black colleges. you mm-hmm. know, growing up, I always watched a different world. But I always thought Hillman was a real school. <laughs> Most people, I didn't do. know. I, yeah, I didn't know Hillman was a was fiction till like until like I was 20, 19, 20. Like wow, wow, <laughs> I, we did a good job. We made it.
0: That was the the goal was to make it feel real. And and uh, once Debbie Debbie came on and Debbie Allen came on in the second season, it really got real. It really got down to the, hey, why is there no hot sauce on this table in the pit? Like, we can't have that, <laughs> we can't have that. Even <laughs> if nobody ever knows, there better be hot sauce on every table in the pit. That's how we get down. So yeah, um, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that we fooled you.
1: <laughs> and spades too, like, like when I first got to college, like that was the main thing I was looking forward to, like was i um, playing spades.
0: Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I didn't go to school. I was busy doing the show. So uh, I didn't know. I just went along with what they told us. But uh, I don't think did any I don't think any of us went to HBCU. Oh, jazz. Jasmine. Her daddy was a teacher at one of the schools. But yeah, you know, I just went along. I, I had no experience of any kind of college, so mm-hmm. if they said that this is what we do, then this is what I was going to
1: do. Um, do you think a different world kind of like set the bar for like black teenage sitcoms of that time?
0: Yeah, we were the we you know we were one of the the first ones to come out. Like, and and off the Cosby umbrella made it
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, even more special because was such a hit and uh and so whatever he did next people were their eyes were on them and once we came out and, and got to a second season and really start to evolve as a show um yeah you know I I, I, I can't hear enough that people wanted to go to that school because of me or a school <laughs> like that because of me or a school period mm-hmm. because of what we were doing on the show so absolutely man uh yeah, I think we definitely kind of left the mark and, and 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 inspired some folks.
1: You know, how did you get the role of Dwayne Wayne?
0: Straight audition, just like, you know, most of the roles, they they call you up and they say, uh, hey, we got an audition for a new character on this, this Cosby spinoff and yada, yada, yada. Everybody was like, Cosby spinoff, come in and you go down there and you audition three or four times, five times. And then they bring you back for the final call. And usually they have two or three options. Um, but when I got to this final call, it was just me. It was the last day was just me. So I knew it was kind of mine to lose. But I went in, had fun, killed them in the room, had the job.
1: Do you have any favorite memories like like during the filming of the show? Like what sticks out about that time period to you? oh man
0: the fact that i got to to meet so many people so many like i met michael jordan and hung out at at jordan's house during the 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 different world run eddie murphy like all the all the cats that were the the baddest cats i got you know i got since they you know everybody when they Calm down. They want to sit down and at home and watch TV after work, and it was usually Cosby in a different world. Was kind of like in a, in a box together. So all the people who I was, you know, impressed by and wanted to meet, they were watching me on TV, and and there was an instant kind of mutual respect. It wasn't like I had to do anything special, but except say hi, be myself, and they were like, "Hey, look at you," and took me right in. So yeah, I had big fun going to Chicago during Jordan's run and hanging out with Ed and
1: all of that, too much fun. Dwayne Wade, he had a, not Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wayne, he had a pretty good um, list of girls on the show. Lisa Bonet, um, (laughs) Whitley Gilbert, you know, that's a pretty good start to, that's a pretty good start to a fictional um, dating life
0: yeah the gig was easy they they were like he's a nice guy he's from brooklyn and he and he chases girls i was like yeah i could do all of that i could i could fit right in there not gonna be a problem this job so yeah all the girls were exceptional and and fantastic actors also which made it even better because then you believe the relationship more you believed he was really in love with denise and she was really kind of just kind of lukewarm on them. Like, yeah, I might warm up, but not right yet.
1: All these years later, Dwayne and Whitley, they're like couple goals for all the um black people <laughs> on Twitter. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, how does it feel to that fictional couple is still one of the most popular, you know, black couples of um all time.
0: It's a compliment because uh Jazz
1: and I did it. We, you know, we
0: we made job, we made everybody believe that this is what love looks like uh, for young people. This is what you know a, a, a young, inexperienced couple could could go through and 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 emerge from. Um, so yeah, it's it's lovely to think that people love that like that. I had other takes though. I hear that it was toxic that that Dwayne was toxic and he kept Whitley from living her best life and stole her at the altar when when. Uh, uh uh papa pope joe morton was the best guy for and (laughs) i and i like that take too i you know i love the fact that people think yeah that wasn't goals that was toxic he screamed at her too much he was a bully like oh snap okay because i definitely wasn't trying to go down Mm -hmm. go for anything so he did push back sometimes what he did some crazy stuff
1: are you surprised people still talk about that wedding scene like did you have a hand in um in creating that um scenario. No, I, I thought it was uh,
0: I thought it was the wrong way to go. I couldn't believe that that was what we were gonna do in front of America. Like, really? I'm gonna come up and and interrupt this dude's wedding that he paid for, and they not his boy's not gonna beat me to death. Like, that's not that doesn't that's not that can't happen. And they kept saying, no, this is gonna happen. This is how we're doing it. And I think the one thing I asked for because I really was having a hard time committing to walking down the aisle and breaking up the wedding. I was like, what if we just ran off the night before? Like, what if there was a scene where, when everybody was gone and she was, you know, getting ready for the next big day, old boy shows up and it's just the two of them. And they get the rap about what they could have and what they were to each other and yada, yada, yada. And then they could just leave. (laughs) That's a different show. But uh, nobody up. was in. Yeah, <laughs> they they wrote that scene. They they wrote a really good scene for us the night before, based on off of my um, uh, request. But they were like, "And hey, you still got to come in the next day and and break up the wedding." So no, yeah, I thought that was a weird way to go. I thought we were doing a lot of really good stuff based in reality, and this way here we were kind of going a little bit left, and it was like, "This is not real, though." This. This wouldn't happen like this. Why are we doing this? But we did it. Hey, but it all worked it.
1: out in a fictional world, so. Absolutely, people love it. So I'm not bad. You know, Dwayne Wayne. He's also famous for the sneakers that you <laughs> yes, wore. like. Um, the Grape Sixes, the um, Jordan Twos, the Fours. Like, did you pick out any of your own sneakers, or was that the wardrobe department assigning them to you? Uh, that was all me like i wasn't
0: crazy about the sweaters and the and the weird vests and hats and stuff they were putting on <clears throat> so i was just like would well, just let me be in charge of the sneakers and uh and and i had a contact at nike at the time tracy hardy <clears throat> and and we would just call her and she would send all the stuff to the set and then the first time we got them uh there was some twos and they took them like the the wardrobe department took them and they put some stuff on them to make them look not as white and kind of yellow them up and make them look used and, and kind of you know worn i was like uh uh-uh, uh don't do that okay so then i called up nike and was like hey from now on just send the joints to my house don't send them to the set cuz they don't know what they don't know what to do with sneakers over there i trust them with pants hems and uh and, and collars but uh, send the sneakers to me and I'll figure out what to wear each time and just bring them to the set on the day of shooting. So, yeah, the sneakers were all me.
1: Did you ever save any of them shoes? Because if you like think about it now, those sneakers will probably go for way yeah, more than, than
0: I I gave, them all, I gave them all the way to nephews and cousins. And they were literally sending me boxes that would take up, you know, half of the driveway. So it was. After a while, it was no place to put all of that. This was before people were renting warehouses to hold their sneaker collection. I was like, nah, just give them to my cousin. Give some to them. Send them to New York. Da da da. I never thought about keeping them. And and the only ones I did keep, uh, I remember trying to put them on years later, and the bottoms came off like they just fell apart. Like the glue had gone up. And I was like yeah shoes don't save well you can always get them fixed and we sold and whatever but they don't they don't not the best investment like they don't keep well <laughs> they're meant to be worn really and if you save them they'll just get brittle I, I, I got some in the garage I pulled them out my cousin was like yo can I get these I was like I was holding on to those but yeah you can get those he put them on they flip-flops the bottom start flapping the back start flapping like yeah, and he's got to oh, go man. around buying glue to try to figure out how to keep them together. I was like, yeah, yeah. After a couple of years, you know, sneakers got to either be given, mm-hmm. sold, or donated, you know, something like
1: that. They got to be moved because they don't they don't last. What were some of your favorite sneakers to rock back in the day? The twos, the fours, the sixes,
0: the 11s.
1: What oh, just straight Jordans?
0: That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me? Jordan was my guy. Like I, I saw him play in college. I didn't even like college basketball that much, but once I saw him play in college, I became a, a, a college basketball fan. And and that dude in particular. And I'm from New York, so when he went to Chicago, I was a Chicago fan. <laughs> and they used to wear the Knicks out. And I grew up a Knicks fan. Like Knicks was the hometown, but I couldn't. I could not root against twenty three in red. Never. And then met him and stayed at his house and had him give me old jerseys and old da-da-da. Just you know, treat me like a little brother. There's no way, none of the Knicks never did that for me. <laughs> so yeah, Jordan was my
1: guy. Um, and all the kicks that I particularly loved were yeah, all of his. The first time I met him, I spent the whole night before, just up the whole night, just wondering what to call him. Mike. MJ, yeah, <laughs> Jordan, Mr. Uh-huh.
0: Jordan. I just ain't hold to call him. I call him M. Yeah, I've always called him M. That's funny. Yeah, what to call him? Black Jesus. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. First time I went to Chicago <laughs> to meet him, they were like, uh, I was for Jesse Jackson. He was doing something in Chicago and they were gonna fly me out. And they was like, while you're here, is there anything you'd like to do? I was like, Black Jesus live in Chicago. And they knew exactly who I was talking about. And was like, "Don't worry, we'll get you into it. We'll get you to a game." And I was like, "Bet." And that's how I met him.
1: Other than yourself, who had the best sneaker rotation on a different world? Darryl Bell. Me and Daryl was yeah, to get him together. Like, like yeah. he, you know, I, I don't know because we grew up different.
0: He's more Jersey, and and you know, he comes from a, a little more of a affluent background, and I'm more of a you know from Best eye. So, you know our love for the sneakers. I think, I think, I I really think he kind of was, like, saw what I was doing. Was like, yeah, I got to get in that lane, because I was meticulous. Like I, you know, I had to clean them with a toothbrush. I had to lace them a certain way. I was all about it. So, <clears throat> I th- I think he kind of was like, yeah, that's a good. idea. And we just had them all delivered together. Like they would all come for us. Like the sneakers came. Oh, Daryl and Kadeem got a big box of sneakers today. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was me and him, one in 1A. He was right there with me. And we had different styles, so he would wear different joints. We were definitely Jordan guys, but he, he would wear other stuff that I wouldn't, and I would wear stuff that he wouldn't.
1: You know, were you a lows or a highs guy back then? Because to me, like, I like, I like the lows. I just can't really get fully vested into them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. I was all the high tops. Um, The lowest I went were the fours. Um, Yeah. I never even, I did have some low, some low twos on in something. Some show, some movie something. I remember having some low twos
1: and, and warm in something. But yeah, I was more of a high-top guy. They just gave those shoes the off-white treatment. To me, they look like a big bowling shoe. <laughs> the, 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 the twos? The twos, yeah. The low twos. Oh, oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Oh, I like the high yeah. twos,
1: but yeah. but like low twos, nah. I, I can't get with them. Yeah, no.
0: Nah, I mean, the, the off-white is, is a crazy brand, and they're hard to get. And I've I've only I've been taking L's on the sneakers app for
1: five, like everybody else.
0: Yeah, for five years now. So I I quit that shit all together, and uh, and my mom's was able to get me a pair of uh off whites um from Virgil right before he passed. So rest in peace, Virgil, and uh, and thank you for the kicks. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, like um, you did a lot for sneaker culture back then. Like it was to me, the three um big TV guys that did the most for sneaker culture was yourself, the Fresh Prince, and Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. In that order.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Definitely, nah. because like you was first. If
1: if well, you think about the timeline, Absolutely. yeah,
0: hundred percent. That's why I keep trying to tell the kids. They like Will Smith was the Hold on. Will saw me and then he went on and Martin saw Will and me and went on and Marlon saw Martin, Will and me and added on. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was mm-hmm. great. It was, and- it, I, I was just doing my thing. I, I had no idea that, you know, I, I love sneakers from the time I was maybe 13, 14 years old. So now that I had a little money and now I could had a little money, all of a sudden they are them to me for free. So, uh, it was just kind of like match made in heaven. Like I got to literally pick from anything that I wanted. It's like, Ooh, these or these or these. And yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, me, Martin and Will, that was a, that's a good, that's a good trio. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I know you mentioned your bulls fandom earlier. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I noticed in a lot of your films that you wore a lot of bull stuff, a lot of um, New York Giants stuff. Was that like by design? Like, did you have a hand in that or was that um, the wardrobe?
0: For White Men Kid Jump, I wore Bulls 23 jersey. That was me. I bought that, I think I wore it to my audition, which was at the, the Hollywood YMCA. And I wore that and I think they liked it. And I just was like, I'm gonna just wear this to the set. And it was like, yeah, put him in that. Let's, you know, let's let's he'll be that guy. Uh, the New York Giants joint that uh that was Robbie that was a uh, um Ruthie Carter. She did the wardrobe for school days, her and Spike and Spike wanted me to be that dude with the the two tone the the two-tone pants and the and the Jordans <laughs> and the in the in the starter jacket and the UN jersey and the hat and the that was all Spike. That was me basically being little Spike. I think. I think I was some version of Spike because he would have dressed like that. You see Spike at the Nick game and he got on the full like he's a mascot. So he kind of, <laughs> you know, wanted me to represent New York hard because we was down there in Georgia. So, um, so yeah, that was them. I didn't have any any say in in the school days, uh, uniform outfit. Uh, but most of the the, the stuff, the twenty three warm up that I wore on a different world, shoot around Jersey. That was from Mike. Mike gave me that out of his closet and I just bought it to set and was like, I'm gonna wear this today. And he was like, cool. Um, I think I wore Pippen Jersey. Then everybody started sending jerseys. Everybody was like, yo, where my shit? Where my, where my, where my? And I'm not a cowboy fan. Like I don't, I don't rest with the oh, cowboys. No. And Emma Smith sent me a Jersey and he was, Bay. he was like, yo, how come he ain't wear my Jersey? How come? I'm like, I can't, oh, Emmett, yo, I can't even, Emmett, you're killing me. the nicest guy, but I was like, I ain't like, I like Barry Sanders as a running back more, and, and I'm a giant fan, I can't be wearing a cowboy jersey, yet. man, I did wear it though, I remember, I didn't even remember I wore it, and I was going through old episodes one time, and saw that, I was like, how did they get me in a damn cowboy jersey? And then I remember, oh shit, yeah, Emmett sent it and was every week he was asking, when you gonna wear it? When you gonna wear it? So yeah, we put it on
1: for him. But you, you know, when you, um, mm-hmm. when you had control over and something's not. when you was um auditioning for um for white man can't jump, was like the basketball scenes all you? Like was that your real life game, or was that you know, somebody coaching you through the motions? um the audition was just
0: five on five like you walk into the gym and it was dudes all lined up around the gym producers sitting up a little high looking down taking notes and then they would put five on the floor or they would call you know after a couple of runs a couple of trips up and down the floor they'd be like all right you you and you come out you you and you go in and I remember Dwayne Martin was always on the floor and he's my man we know each other from New York so he was on the always on the floor at all times because he was one of the best players and they just liked that he could control the game and control the pace and he's, he's a real point guard. So uh, I get in for my my little you know spot, they point to me and boom, I go in. And the first thing that happened was I blocked Dwayne's shot. He went up for a jumper and I came from the side and got a piece of it. And then he tried to make a pass and I shot through the lane and got a steal. So I got a steal and a block shot against him. Um, and that was it. And it was like, you, you out. And then the next guys went in and I was just like, and he's my man. I don't know if he let me get off, <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I definitely know he was going up for a jump and I just came from the side. He wasn't my man and I just knew he was going to go up. So I came and got a hand up and deflected it. And another time he was making a pass and, I, you know, somebody else was on him. He made a pass and I just jumped the lane and, and snatched it and went down. But um, but yeah, we had to go to basketball camp for like for three weeks after the audition. Once we everybody got the job, we had to all go to basketball camp every day. Me, Wes, Woody, Shake, all the dudes, everybody, because we had to learn plays because it wasn't gonna just be uh, you know, freestyle one-on-one uh, uh, basketball. It was to film it they needed to set up specific plays so they could know where to put the cameras to catch the action so all of it even though it didn't it looked like just street ball was choreographed it was all choreographed we all knew you'll come you know you're gonna set a pick come off this pick go left kick it back out swing it around like we worked all of that out weeks before and you had to remember your plays and they taught me how to shoot my right hand that was the first time because i was just a park guy and I'd always I was left-handed, so I always just went left, and it threw people off. Um, but on white man can't jump, we started doing the three man weave and had to finish with the right hand, and, and that was new for me. I was like, ah, oh, shit! I had to take two steps and then, ah, oh, that's not, that's never gonna work. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we I learned the right hand. I learned to go right and. Um, and we played a lot of one-on-one in that at the end of rehearsal, at the end of practice. Me and Woody, Wes and Woody, we'd always be there working on stuff and then just getting competitive and be like, let's go, you ain't shit. Check up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Were they like hoopers in in real life? Like, how would you like assess their game in real life, Woody and um and Wesley? Uh Woody could ball,
0: Woody could play. Me and Woody would go at it one-on-one after rehearsal pretty much every day. We just, you know, he was on TV show. I was on TV show. I I just wanted to beat him. <laughs> I just was like, and he wanted to beat me. And me and him would play all day. Uh, and I could I can attest that he could play. He he you know, he he gave me some trouble. Wes was just an athlete. Wes could play anything. He just had to practice it enough. So I don't think basketball was his thing that he grew up messing with, might've been more football, um, but you put a ball in his hand and just give him the hours to work on it. A lot of his stuff looked like he was carrying the ball anyway, <laughs> but since it was street ball, you can get away with it. But I was like, oh no, I'm calling that. If we <laughs> if we playing in the park, I'm calling that. You can't be, uh-uh, you can't carry that like that. So um, I would think that when we first got there definitely woody was the better of the two of them and uh and by the time we were done filming
1: i said West was a pretty decent ball player
0: he could move
1: so he you was going to d you up and he's mm-hmm. strong as hell white man can't jump they had some pretty iconic sneakers in there too um the la gear catapults the um joint <laughs> yeah. fires i i i think you wore the fires if i'm not yeah mistaken. Yep, I wore they fives yep that the air force the air flights like um Mm -hmm. you talk about the importance um white men can't jump had had on the sneaker community oh wow yeah
0: i didn't I, i you know i always thought my contribution came from a different world because that's where it first started um but i didn't know people really took white men like that as as a catalyst for sneaker culture um but yeah, I knew exactly what I was gonna wear. That was my, sh- I was wearing Jordans. Uh, you know, I came in with them. I had the socks, right? I had the, the leg brace, right? I had the elbow pad, right? I was Michael Jordan out there. So, uh, um, but yeah, there was some good kicks in there. And I saw that the wardrobe took, you know, Woody's and kind of made him look a little dingy, a little dirty, because that was supposed to be his style. He wasn't supposed to be fresh. But but yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know uh, white Man had that kind of influence. Um, I just thought it was a really good basketball movie. I didn't even think about sneakerheads in it.
1: Do you think White Man is like the greatest basketball movie of all time, or do you think like another Spike movie, like He Got Game? Oh, is um, right up there. Yeah, because to me, honestly, it is He Got Game. Um, maybe Hoop Dreams. But he got game to me is um, number one. Yeah, yeah, he got game as a movie, and
0: you know Ray Allen. <laughs> Good. So they automatically had the best basketball player in the movie playing basketball. So none of us and white man can't jump could compete with Ray Allen. <clears throat> Nobody in any of the other, you know, nominees for best basketball movie of all time could compete with Ray Allen playing basketball. So yeah, I give it to who got game. Um White Man Can't Jump was just, you know, kind of like a buddy movie, a heist movie, you know, you know, a little twist and turn movie, a little romantic comedy and some basketball. Like it had all the good things in it to make it uh enjoyable. So I put it up there for me, only because I was in it and 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 uh and I hold it in a certain Place, you know, I like that movie. I like the movie. I uh, forget me. I just like that movie. I like uh, everything that Ron Shelton did with it. The black I mean, guy, the, the sixth white man guy, was on everything. Oh, the
1: sixth man. The sixth man was on pretty good too. It's pretty underrated, and it was like a few years after after Marlon Wayans was in um above the rim too.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I forgot about that one. Um,
0: yeah, sixth man was good. I always thought it was a little crazy that we were doing that. Uh, like on CBS, like the NCAAs, like I thought, this isn't real. I always tried to pitch to them that we take it down. And instead of it being on a national college stage, let's just do it in a, in a small town gym. And it'll be that ghost story that, you know, only the people in the town in that gym, you can't put that on CBS and have people saying, wait a minute, the ball just went. To, you know what I mean? Like everybody's going to see that and then everybody's going to go, boo, You're like something's wrong out there. Somebody do something. I, I don't know. I always thought, I just thought if it was, in, if you just shrunk the scale down, instead of it being such a national thing, just make it a small ghost town movie about a gym, about this one gym where only the people in there saw this crazy shit, it would have worked better. They were like, man, you want to do this movie or not? And I was like,
1: okay. I'll just try, I tried to help y'all. But nope, they wasn't really trying to hear it. You know what I like most about the Six Man was like you guys actually look like basketball players. Like other basketball Mm -hmm. movies, like say Hoosiers, like those dudes Mm -hmm. don't look like legit Mm Hoosiers to me. Right. Yeah. At least you guys look like you guys could put up a good fifteen points or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were. We most of us. You know, me and Marlon were the two mains. And we love, I love basketball. So, that, and I'd come out of doing white men can't jump and played a whole bunch of basketball on television, different world. Like, you know, I was always playing basketball. And Marlon wasn't, you know, Marlon's just another athletic freak, long, rangy, will D you up, had to work on his shooting and his form and his shot, but he worked hard and he turned it into something where he was, by the end of it, he was a pretty good ba- basketball player. Um, Yeah. And all the guys casted around us. Travis Ford was shooting. Yeah, um, we, we had basketball players like that could play. So, you know, aside from the two main actors, everybody else around us had better been some kind of college basketball
1: player. I bet you wasn't talking shit on that um on that um <laughs> set. <laughs> nah, yeah, because I didn't get to play much. Like
0: I died in the first spoiler alert. I died in the first game, so there was no you know. After that, I, I was back as a ghost and I would just run around and do what I wanted with the ball. So there wasn't a lot of one-on-one there for me. A lot of, it wasn't a lot of basketball time. Like I learned a little bit of basketball just for the opening scene, just, you know, I had to run and get a breakaway dunk. And then, uh, then I was out of the basketball stuff. So anytime they went to go do basketball rehearsal, I got to go home because I wasn't, I wasn't involved in any of it. Um, so yeah, so I didn't, I didn't talk that much shit there. But on white men, oh, I was constant shit talking because we were all in shorts playing basketball. As soon as they said cut, we'd start playing again. Like, you know, we do the thing, we do everything what we had to do for camera and they go cut and it'd be like, all right, let's go, let's finish this game. And they would back to the one-on-ones or the two-on-twos
1: to see who was whatever. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of smack talk there. You know, if you can go back in time, like, what would 25-year-old Dean put up in the current NBA All-Star celebrity game? (laughs) 25-year-old? Me personally, yeah, I think I could put up right now at at least a good 10 points against some of them dudes. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Um,
0: 25-year-old me, so at that point, that was uh, 1990. We just did white men, I just got my right hand. So I could put up
1: twelve, fifteen. The right hand is a little bit more than that. You
0: think so? I, have you seen? I, I, yeah, have you I seen never, this? Have you seen <laughs> celebrity? <laughs> not like, in a oh. while. <laughs> <laughs> not. I haven't watched in a while. But I remember every. You know, one thing that's really different for anybody that plays on the street and then goes into an, an arena. That full court is way different on a on an nba stage than it is the half court that I grew up playing I grew up playing half court so there was no but no full runs and that changes your win completely. I, I that's why I love basketball so much because I watch them dudes go out there and do that for 30 sometimes 40 minutes and i'm like nah. By the fourth quarter when LeBron said his legs was cramping or his legs was dead or all the shots was falling short. I'm like, hell yeah, I would have no legs. Just running. I ain't even got a dribble. Just let me run up and down like the referees do. I'd be out of gas, second quarter, <laughs> calling for the medic. Like, nah, I I I learned that out there in one of those, you know, doing, doing, um um six man. Because we were on a, 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 the uh, the Huskies, the Washington Huskies. We were at their home joint. And that's a real full length college joint. And running up and down that shit, I was like, yo, why am I so tired? Like, yeah, because I'm so used to playing half court. And when I say half court, I mean, like, top of the key, down. Take three. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. We get the ball at the top of the key, and that's it. And you walk back when you... When you, when you score a basket, you walk back to the top take it out again. There's no running. There's no running, playing D, sliding, shuffling. No, I'm telling you, bro. I'm, t- I'm telling you. If I can get 10 points in a full court, a real full court in the celebrity joint, you don't even know. From the time you get the ball at the other top of the key, dribbling all the way and making a layup is much more challenging than you would think, it's, especially if somebody's chasing you and guarding you much more challenging than you, than, you, than you might think. It looks easy cuz yeah, I watch KD and Kyrie do it all night. It's a different thing,
1: it's a different world, bro. And some people like they can't play in front of an audience for some No, like, this is whole reason. I'm like, telling you. It t- everything
0: it just takes your breath away. And then you out there you can't breathe and then your your legs don't work the same and then you stop breathing, you start holding your breath trying to concentrate. And then you ain't breathing, next thing you know, you'll be out. You'll be out of gas. They'll be coming over and you'll be laying up on your back, looking at the ceiling. <laughs> They'll be like, yo, bro, you all right? Get up, man, get up. It's like, whew, man, I'm passed out, yo. I ain't done this much running. It's that full court, though.
1: Game changer. <laughs> you know, um, which NBA teams and players are you um, into today, currently? John ja Morant's my favorite player
0: in basketball. Um, and Kyrie, my man Kyrie, I always stay good with Kyrie. Um, John ja Morant was the dude that I just thought the Knicks are gonna get, the Knicks got the worst record in the league for the last two years. They gotta get the number one or two pick. It was the year that Zion and job ja was coming out. I'm not <laughs> mad at RJ, yeah. but we ended up I with the third, that. like, do you remember that? We ended up with the third, yeah. like, One or two would have been great, and we had the worst record. We should have been guaranteed at least one or two. We were guaranteed one, two, or three. We got three, and I was like, "And and I'm I'm not mad at at rj Barrett. He's a baller, but it was John Morant. I thought he was the number one pick. I like Zion, but I just saw John Morant as, you know, Jordan Westbrook Iverson type Kobe type shit like. And now my other dude I love is uh Jalen Green in Houston, the rookie. The kid that went right straight out of high school to the D League. Um who else? Uh, you know, Katie, of course. Yeah, I like, you know, I like basketball. So I'm always rooting. I like I always like uh
1: uh Spider Mitchell's game. I remember him and um That's- right. When That's another hit. dude that should come to the Knicks. I'm the eye yes. on him. Please, um, um,
0: when him and Jamal Murray was battling in COVID in the bubble, the first bubble in COVID, like 50-50 each night, they was going back and forth. The best thing I ever seen. I know, where was I? then? I was off somewhere working, and everybody in basketball was coming back, and it was. And no, I might have been home, and basketball was coming back, and it was in the bubble, and. And Utah was down, or, or, or um, not Utah, Denver was down 3 1 twice. And Jamal Murray just was going bananas. Yeah. Yeah, I like basketball.
1: You know, I think, I think like like last year was probably their best year to win the title. I think Utah? Because I, because, or, or um, Denver? No, um, well, both actually. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you think about yeah. it. Yeah, because this because this year Golden State is you know is back up on top. Mm-hmm. You can't really sleep on the Lakers too much. Mm-hmm. Lakers look old. No Phoenix.
0: Lakers look old.
1: Lakers oh, no. ain't, like they, come play all time. Pull-
0: Yeah, but they're not pulling it out. They're not playing well at the end of games like they should be with the talent they got. Like it's not gelling yet. Like Kyrie just came back the other night and they were stinking it up in the first half and almost like a switch, like they was doing for years, for for the two years that they was together when they all got on the floor for like seven games. They could be down 15, 18, and then third quarter they hit another gear and then boom, they be up 18. And and I watched the game last night, his first game back, or maybe the night before last, his first game back, stinking it up in the first half, Lance Stevenson was giving them all work and then second half, he they just hit a gear. The three of them together, they hit a gear, and you can't stop them. They go on a thirty to eight run, like ah, uh, like it's nothing.
1: Yeah, man, you can't stop that. Yeah, well, come, yeah. come the playoffs. You know, I really don't trust James Harden. So, mm-hmm. and Kyrie might yeah. not even play if it's um at home. He, so. he won't be able to play home games. I think that's crazy. But uh, yep. So if it's like Game Seven. Like at Brooklyn, it's just gonna be all on KD again.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. That's tough. That's why they got to they got to do like Jordan and not let it get to no Game Sevens.
1: <laughs> you know that's the best bet, or they could, yeah. You know, slip down to let them yeah, a, you know, awesome <laughs> yeah. seed or something. <laughs> yep, and play road games. Yep, yep. Like so, like who's your pick to win um, this year's? MVP because to me, like I would re- I really want Ja Morant to win, but I don't think he's gonna win it though.
0: I don't think like, he's. He's gonna putting up to the it. numbers. Yeah, I don't think but, they give it to him. It looks like Steph is trying but, to run away with it.
1: I don't know, like Memphis, they're the fourth seed, so like you know they can mm-hmm. sneak up to like maybe two mm-hmm. at, by the end of the season. Like he's putting up the same yeah. numbers Derrick Rose yeah. did his his MVP. Yeah, so I mean, it'd like, be nice. I'll see why not?
0: Yeah, he's my favorite. He's my Fresh favorite face. dude to watch. Yeah, he's my favorite dude to watch. Um, and it'd be nice, but I just think that that what Steph is doing when they was so down in the, you know, everybody kind of forget about them and yada yada. And he's still been there hitting threes, passing Ray Allen, passing Reggie Miller all time, everything. It's just then you go out and get eight threes, and then I had 50 points and it's like, mm. It's gonna be hard to take it away from them, especially if they're the number one seed and they can come out of the West. It's gonna be hard to say anybody other than Steph. LeBron having MVP numbers, but Team is in the
1: is in the in the tank. Like I don't know where they at. I think they messed up when they traded for Westbrook. I mean, like now it's impossible to to someone. Uh, yeah, it's gonna yeah, be hard to deal them. Yeah, I you know, you know. You they should have got Chris Paul in the off season. Yeah, that would have been. But,
0: but Chris could see the writing on the wall. I don't think he wanted to come. He wanted to stay with the young pups up there in <laughs> um in Phoenix instead of coming down with the old with the retirees. Like I think, yeah, he had you no. know he was free, and 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 Phoenix snatched him up and was like, "We don't really need you leaving to go nowhere else, banana boating with the homies." So. Just chill right here. We got a good young two for you. the money Yeah, yeah, word right up. Stay here. And chill. And, and let's make this happen. We'll get them. We didn't get them last time. We'll get them next time. Let's keep adding on. So I
1: uh, you know, and, I think
0: Phoenix is like, a good
1: spot. But like if you keep the Lakers with the same roster and just replace Westbrook with Chris paul I think you have different type mm-hmm. of results.
0: Absolutely. Well, rest book it. Well, uh Chris Paul is is a true pass point guard. Like he's he's a do it all, you know, scrapper. Like, of course, he was on the Clippers when I'm a Clipper fan, and he was on the Clippers. Not I just I hate him if he's not on my team. I love him if he's on my team. He does all the little dirty shit, all the things you need to to get over the hump. He just ain't got over the hump yet. Um, shoot. It. They would have been better off with with, uh, Buddy Buckets out of Sacramento. Somebody that could shoot, somebody could take the load and, you know, and hit some shots when, because LeBron is really your point guard. So if you got another point guard, then Mm -hmm. you kind of, then your other point guard has to play off. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, though, what it'll come down to.
1: I mean, like, I still think they'll make the playoffs,
0: but I hope so. Yeah, I hope they do. I, I really hope that'd be that'd be tragic if the
1: Lakers. Yeah, didn't me too. Because um because truth be told, I really don't want to see Utah and like Spurs. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, and, right. Like that. Yeah, no, the
0: Lakers <laughs> gotta make the playoffs just for that reason alone. How-, how
1: about the Knicks? Do you see them making a um a decent run this year? Like, when I mean decent yeah, run, yeah. I just mean second round maybe yeah second round decent (laughs) run would be second round
0: um i I don't fully trust them just yet i i have fun and i root and last night was amazing coming back on boston down 25 um and i watched all of that come back and was like oh they could actually do it but the, the offense is just too inconsistent like like tibbs should have an offensive coordinator you should have somebody that's all about offense and push some dudes through. If you're an offensive guy like Steve Kerr, you should have a defensive coordinator who can just coordinate the defense so that so that the two can play together. Um, I don't think the Knicks have any kind of, you know, sometimes it's Julius Randle show, Kemba come back, it'll be the Kemba show. It's just, you know, it's inconsistent. So... Uh, so no, nah, I don't. I don't trust that. If they had John Morant, I'd say yeah. But, but yeah,
1: nah. Hey, that's it. Still might happen, you know. i uh, count yep. down the years to the to, to that contract. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> me too. I want him out of there. I want him <laughs> out of Memphis.
0: They was booing him. They was telling him to sit out. He came back after he was injured, and uh, and they was telling them to to sit out or to just yeah, like maybe he should sit out some more, like. And I, heard, I had to hurt his feelings. These the same people that was cheering MVP before he got hurt. And now he come back and they lose two or three in a row with him back, and and they cheering for him to sit down. They 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 rooting for him to get out of get off the court.
1: Come to New York, bro. That never happened. <laughs> come to New York, John. You know the trade deadline is coming up. Like, do you think Ben Simmons will be traded by then, or by the time that this airs? I don't think so.
0: Philly seemed to, they they kind of, you know, they drew that line in the sand. And where would he
1: go? Like you know, me point... crazy, but I kind of like Ben Simmons on the Knicks. He, he, he's a defensive, you know, uh-huh, minded uh-huh. playmaker, just like Tibbs. Like, they, I, mean, like, I wouldn't trust up? him to, to, to run the offense, but who are you giving up, though? Nah, they offer. I mean, their prices um too high for that. Exactly. I mean, like that's why I didn't even. Th- I'm trying to think who would actually make a deal.
0: CJ out in in um Portland, maybe. At one point they were talking Dame, him and Dame straight up, and now Dame is hurt, so maybe not. CJ had a punctured lung or something. He's talking about maybe CJ. Yeah. Maybe not. Like ah. ah. You know, the best case scenario would be straight up for Westbrook. <laughs> Contracts match, whoosh, set them alone, but but um, but ain't nobody gonna do that. So yeah, I, I don't know. Philly kind of they doing all right without him, but it just. Yeah, I want him out of there. I want to see him playing again. Like, same with Kyrie. I was like, I just want to to watch him play basketball. Why have we got all all these problems? The same with Ben. Like, just put him somewhere. Sacramento, I don't care.
1: You know, Kyrie for Ben Simmons made a lot of sense once upon a time ago. Yeah. It still kind of does from a basketball standpoint, but. Nah, I want Kyrie. I like
0: Kyrie. (laughs) I like Kyrie right where he is.
1: All right, man. Um, I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, I really enjoyed this conversation. You know, to me, mm. you were like the brother that I never met. Mm. Um, do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on?
0: Yes, sir. Um just finished a, a sci-fi series in Dublin, Ireland called Moonhaven. Um it's, you know, set in the future. So 300 years from now, people have been colonizing the moon because we kind of ravaged Earth to a point where it's almost unlivable. And uh, people are now colonizing the moon and they have a technology and a way of living there that could bring the Earth back, could save the Earth. But you have to live, you know, the culture, you have to be, you have to learn the culture and then live with the technology and Earth ain't ready for it. And as mooners, we want to, you know, give back to the earth because that's where we come from. But you have to learn the culture and then get the technology so that you don't just shoot your wad. So it's a, it's going to be a real interesting show. Um, I'm excited for people to see it because it's it's nothing like anything I've ever done before. So I'm interested to see uh, the reactions.
1: When can we expect to see it? I would guess
0: just finished right before Thanksgiving or right after Thanksgiving, uh, I would guess probably maybe spring, spring or summer of uh, 22 on AMC plus.
1: All right. I'm definitely looking forward to that because the way that this COVID is going, you know, I might yeah. find myself on the moon. Then <laughs> yes,
0: that's it.
1: We that's the only answer. Yep. There's the answer. <laughs> Thank All you, right. brother.
0: Thanks again for your time, man. All right. Take it easy, man.